0: Everybody. Great to see you guys. Got a nice full house this morning. This is fun. Got some Christmas lights. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Merry Christmas to all you guys as well. Hey, um, if I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and just so thankful to be here, and like Larry said, just hopefully you felt the nearness of the presence of God, the goodness of Jesus. Anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus washing you clean from your sin besides me? Gosh, we've just seen that for hours, and just never want the the I'd say the basic truth of the gospel to ever feel old to any of us like we need his blood to wash us today and have that confidence today and just be thankful all over again amen, amen. so thanks for being here this morning guys if I haven't met you then I'd love to meet you in the uh, next steps area after church like Larry mentioned so please stop by I would love to shake your hand and then let me, uh, before the message, let me share a little bit about the rest of this month, a couple of things we're uh, doing with Christmas Eve and and the next uh, few Sundays. So obviously the next couple Sundays we will be gathering on the uh, 11th and the 18th, and then on December 24th we're having our first ever Christmas Eve service, <laughs> um, which is just funny, but it's it's the first for us. And so this, if you're new here to church, this church is about three years old, uh, a little less than that, and um We're going to have our first Christmas Eve service. It's going to be at 4 p.m. on December 24th. You guessed it. All right. Uh, but then, a couple of things after that, we've decided that the next day, Christmas Day, we're not going to gather. That's a Sunday. We're not going to gather as a church body here, but encourage you to spend some extended time with your family. And then, even the following Sunday, January 1st, New Year's Day, we're not going to meet here officially as a church body, but we're uh, going to encourage you. If you're in town and you want to hang out with your life group or your friends from church, we encourage you guys to do that. Many of you, I know, will be spending some more time with your family on that day as well. But we wanted to give you the heads up now so you can kind of plan ahead. So we're going to take those two Sundays off from church. But we'll be staying in communication with you guys. And we're going to send out something around January 1st about uh, a resource we've used over the years about how do we seek God for a new year. And it's a really helpful resource with some good questions to ask God as you think ahead for um, 2023. Wow, can you believe that? 2023, around the corner. Woo! Yikes. All right. It's exciting. But, man, I just here we are, twenty three. Um, okay, so we are um, about to start a new series. I'll give you a little uh, few thoughts on that. And I am not preaching this morning. In just a minute, I'm going to invite up Jeremy Br, who's going to be preaching today. And you guys remember that Jeremy guy? He's he's awesome man of God. He and his family moved here with us um, about three years ago from Texas to help plant this church. And they have just laid their life down. Over the years, uh, really their lives laid down in the foundation of this church, whatever God does with us, the BRs definitely have um, gone before many of us and made a way for this to be a space where you can call church home and encounter Jesus. So so thankful for them. And uh, before I have them up, though, um, there is also a few others that moved from uh, Texas where we were. Um, that helped us plant this church and every once in a while every couple times a year i just i want us to remember that there are a few people that went before us to make a space uh, for this church to even be a reality and so if you were part of the crew that moved from college station texas to help plant this church will you please just stand up to your feet real quick and we can you please give these folks a hand they're around here come on stay standing come on please just clap for them a little longer Thank you! Oh, yeah. Awesome. So thankful for you guys. Thanks for trusting Beth and I. Thank you for standing, Beth. You, you moved also. Uh, but so thankful for you guys uh, for sacrificing. And as, if you see one of these people, can you just, just one little, like, thank you for changing your entire life course to move here so that we can have a community that we call Antioch Northwest Arkansas. It uh, just mean, means a lot to, to me and just want to honor you guys this morning. And part of that crew is Jeremy BR. So let's give it up for that man of God. Go ahead and come on up here. <clears throat> I got the intro of the series, but I'm going to try in three seconds. So he's going to be uh, kicking us off in this new series we're calling Mary Did You Know? All right. We're going to be talking about, wow, did she really know? the glory of who was inside of her, and we're going to be talking about different uh, elements and attributes of who Jesus is and just put us in awe again during this Christmas season. But help me pray over Jeremy as we get going. Lord, thank you so much for the message you have given Jeremy today, and Lord, we just get behind him as a church family, and we ask that you would speak through him, and Lord, we pray you would open our hearts to receive the message from your word and the specific message you've given inside of this man of God. So we bless him today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Take it away, bro.
1: Mary, did you know that your baby boy? Just kidding. Uh, I think I think everyone that preaches in the series should have to at least do the first line of that song. Um, Surely he'll he'll set a higher bar than I just did. Good morning, guys. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to y'all this morning. I'm a little bit stuffy, so if you're like, man, six months ago, Jeremy sounded a little bit more chipper. It's just, it's the weather, it's fine, I'm all, I'm all good, okay? Um, but if you don't know me, Mitchell introduced me pretty thoroughly. Um, if you do know me, I wanted to give just a, a slight update, I guess. Six months ago, I transitioned into entrepreneurship. Um, and before that, like Mitchell said, I was on staff. I was mainly overseeing the finances and also serving as our college pastor, making some Mims with our college students. Okay, so if you, if you meet a college student that's here, ask, were you here in the first couple years, and say, do you have MIMS? <laughs> I guarantee you, they do have some of those, okay. <laughs> but in the past six months, I've been starting a few businesses, and specifically, there's three that I'm doing. I just want to clear this up for a second. One, I'm serving as a financial advisor. I started like an investment firm, working with people with their finances. Another is there's a budget software that a friend and I started making 10 years ago that we just have continued to keep making and so now it's like a subscription thing. The other thing is what I call the warehouse. If you ever go to the kids' check-in area, you'll see a door with the warehouse over it. So I sublease uh, 5,000 square feet from this church building and I basically buy and sell a lot of stuff. So like buying returned things, broken things, and trying to find a home instead of a dumpster for a lot of things. Um, And so that's what I'm up to. Uh, If you ask me how it's going, I'd say I think it's going good. It is pretty hard, but also super, super fun. And so just want to say thank you all again for your support and just believing in me, especially if you've prayed for me at all the past six months. Thank you so much. Um, Super thankful to have the opportunity. One last thing you should know about me is that I love December. Any other December fans in here? Okay, I I'm singing Christmas songs in June, thinking it's almost December, okay? (laughs) Seriously. I mean, look look at these string lights. You know what this is called? This is called December, okay? (laughs) That is what this is, all right? I love the slower pace. I love the merriment. I love the lights. I love the easy excuse to eat more sweets without feeling judged socially. I love the hopeful possibility of maybe it'll snow, I love the extra time with family. I love thinking about the new year and just having anticipation and hope and probably not a resolution because then that will be disappointment. But just hopeful anticipation, you know. I also love Christmas shopping. I like planning gifts for family members. And, y'all, for the second year in a row, I fell prey to Black Friday self Christmas shopping, okay. Does this happen to anyone else Like, you didn't plan on necessarily shopping for yourself, like, okay, I got to knock out some Christmas gifts, we got like two or three gifts for two or three family members, and then all of a sudden, I'm out of sight looking for something for my dad, who we call Pops, and I'm like, man, this isn't what he wants, wait, 70% off store wide? (laughs) No exceptions, like, we got to just pause here for a minute, okay, like, this is a big discount on new things. Like, how can you resist that, guys? This is hard. And I'm like, with the warehouse, I'm like, I could probably flip this three months later. I could might you, I mean this is um this is a business investment. This isn't even this isn't me shopping on a whim. No way. I also love worship songs that just really focus on the incarnation of Jesus, the, the humility of Jesus becoming a baby, coming to earth, and just the, the hope entering the world in this moment, and it's just amazing to imagine, to think about, to read about in the Bible, where promise meets fulfillment, but also so much anticipation of what is to come, and it's so right for us in December to just remember how amazing of a story this is, and, and how God really came to earth as a man, um, that God sent his son, Jesus. Um, and so, as we wonder in these next three weeks, kind of from the perspective of Mary, did she know, I wanted to just remind us who it is that she was trying to know. Colossians 1 describes Jesus, It says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. our Messiah, our hero, the God of the universe. Let's put this in perspective for a second that Mary is about to mother this person. Because I'm wondering if you guys can imagine meeting someone who you would recognize is important. Maybe it's someone you already know and already think is really important. Or maybe just through them introducing themselves, it hits you like, oh, this is an important person. Like, what would they say to create that feeling in you, and what would that feeling feel like? You know, like, hi, my name's Jeremy. What's your name? (coughs) Well, Jim. Oh, nice to meet you, Jim. So, like, what do you do? Well, you know, it's it's been an adventure. Undergrad, physics, Princeton, PhD, biomechanics, Yale. General in the Air Force, before joining a research team, we developed a Solution that slowed the development of Parkinson's by 70%. Anyway, these days, I, I'm mainly just a philanthropist. I manage a billion-dollar endowment that benefits a suite of NGOs where I sit on the board. What about you? <laughs> Son? Like, uh, I, well, I, do, I eat three meals usually in a day, <laughs> and I have a job. Like what do you say? Like pleasure to share this planet with you, Jim. You know, like <laughs> it's crazy this feeling when we when we feel impressed with someone, how we immediately will will kind of like exalt them or or just humble ourselves before them. Or and it's not necessarily a healthy feeling. Like it might come from some insecurity or inferiority complex or whatever. But there's somehow this like place in you that's like I just feel the need to acknowledge that I am not on your level. Okay, like. I'm like one of the normal humans, and I just am, I appreciate you, you know, thank you, I guess. Like, on a much, much smaller scale, I feel this dynamic in the role of Jim, although I am not a Jim. But in the warehouse, every now and then, so normally if someone comes to buy something at the warehouse, it's because they saw one item listed on Facebook Marketplace that, oh, wow. This guy's getting rid of his old mini fridge. Like, sweet, where can I pick it up? 2211 Hawks Landing. Okay, cool, see you there. Great. And they come in, and they start to take in all the inventory and realize that there's more than just a mini fridge here. And they're kind of like, kind of pause, and they take it all in, and and they look at me, and they're like, is this all your stuff? (laughs) And then they're like, look at this. And then they... Look at the stuff again, and and they look at me again, and they're kind of processing my age, and then they look at the stuff again, and their grin starts to get bigger, and I'm just like standing here, like here is your friend, like oh, okay. hey, look at me again, you go, where did you get all this? And I'm like, you must be doing great. Huh? I mean, your age, this is this is incredible. Like, so what? So is this is this donated to you? Is this like a part of the ministry? I mean, what this is, and I'm just like. Uh, like, it's hard. I bought it. It's the main way that I got it. Like, I don't (laughs) know what to tell you, you know. (laughs) Like, a lot of stuff, and then you sell it. (laughs) You know, like, I know in these moments that I am not this super impressive human being. I'm just a guy that's, like, trying to follow God. I'm like, if I sublease this space, then it'll help the church. But I got to make money with the space somehow, and so here's what I am trying to do is stuff, selling, you know. But what's crazy is that Jesus would be worthy of this type of praise, of this exaltation, of this moment of like, oh, my gosh, this person is a lot more important than I am. And, you know, we read him described in Colossians 1, and we're like, yes, Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth. But can you all imagine if you met him and he introduced himself like this? Hey, my name is Jesus. I am before all things, and I hold all things together. I have supremacy in everything, and the fullness of God dwells in me. Like, you'd, you'd be like, okay, like, <laughs> not going to your church, you know, like, who is this guy? He goes, you can just call me Lord. <laughs> in terms of what I do, I mean, I'm the head of the body, so there's that. Most notably, though, is pretty soon I'm going to reconcile all of heaven and earth to God through my life, death, and resurrection. It's like this immediate, like, all right, I'm like, like, I'm good to meet you. You know, like, what do you even say? And my question for Mary is, did you know that Jesus, this Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, that he would submit to you? Did you know that Jesus would obey you? The one who we would look upon and immediately freeze, fall to our knees, and exalt, or run away in fear, the one who we would immediately acknowledge is so much more worthy and powerful and holy and important than we will ever be, that he would follow your lead. And he did. We can assume as a baby that Jesus was not changing his own diapers, he was not picking his own bedtime, cooking his own meals. Like he certainly submitted to Mary out of necessity in his early youth, but he continued to, even in his adolescence and as an adult, and those are some stories I want to look at this morning, and it highlights the humility of Jesus. I just want to talk this morning about, wow, Jesus is humble. This important person serving, submitting, following Mary, who's very normal, limited mom. He is the most breathtakingly humble man that ever walked the earth. We're going to read a passage in Luke 2 about one of these examples. It says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they, the parents, were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Did y'all read that? Three days. They're looking for three days for Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Okay, so we read this, and normally we read this, and we're like, Jesus, why did you do that? You know, like, don't you know that you obviously were going to cause, you know, some stress in your, in your parents' hearts, you know? Like, could you have not told them, you know? Those are all probably fair questions. But a couple things that are interesting here is that, one, like, Jesus did understand things that his parents didn't understand, and so I'm imagining, like, myself as a kid, and, like, what did I feel or what did I do if my parents told me to do something and I felt misunderstood, or maybe I felt like they were in the wrong? I'm like, I don't know if I went down with them and was obedient to them. You know, like, that is crazy, if Jesus is fully God and and didn't actually do any wrong in this moment, and just this is free, but like Jesus is not responsible like no none of us are responsible for someone else's response, you know so like what I mean by that is his parents blaming him for their anxiety was actually like inaccurate or untrue. It's like i I did do this decision i did I did do this, but no, I didn't force you to respond with. Frantic, anxious, worry, and then you come at me and accuse me of inflicting you with that. How many of you, when you, maybe even as an adult, when someone expects you to do something and you do something differently, not out of a spirit of rebellion, but with a pure heart, desiring to obey God, and they get upset at you and blame you for their pain, how do you respond? What's crazy is Jesus responded in such a way full of grace and truth, without an ounce of offense, that how does this story end? The accuser, his mom Mary, leaves treasuring this moment. It says she treasured all these things in her heart. Like, she's like, man, this is different. You know, like, that is not how I have historically ever responded (laughs) if someone were to come at me and blame me for something. I think about, um, this is not so, so spiritual of, a, of an example, but this is like, what would be normal for someone to respond? <coughs> and the question is like, a, scenari- a scenario where someone did something with a pure heart, thinking they were acting in their, their covering or their leader's best interests. I don't know how many of y'all know Mark Cuban. You do y'all know Mark Cuban? He's, he's a billionaire, he's on Shark Tank, he owns the Dallas Mavericks the story of how he got into entrepreneurship is pretty simple. He's working at a store, and this store, you know, they, they sell to people that come in the storefront, but a lot of their income comes from wholesale, you know, selling to businesses. Mark finds this business, is interested in a lot of stuff, so he goes and meets with this business. It's like, I don't know, an 8 a.m. meeting. The store normally is open at 8. Mark's thinking, we'll just open at 10. No one literally comes at 8 in the morning on a weekday. like. Let me just go sell to this person that's going to double, like, our monthly sales in one transaction. You know, he's, he's not, Mark's not the owner of this business. He's just trying to think for the owner and, like, this is probably a good decision for you to pay me $30 to make you ten grand, than to sit here and do nothing. Literally, Mark gets fired. The owner's like, why did you do that? Like, I told you you're supposed to be here from 8 to 5. Like, why don't you just do your job? And how did Mark respond? He said, I quit. And then what did he do? He started all these things. Great. He's successful. That's awesome. But internally, his response is, I will show you. I will show you. I am right. You are wrong. That is how the human responds. But that is not how Jesus responded. You don't see that when his parents come at him, when he's teaching at the temple and asking questions and listening at the temple, spending time with his heavenly father. My goal is not to convict us, but to wow you with the humility of Jesus. And this act of humility was not a one-time event. It wasn't even conditional on how young Jesus was in the moment. We're going to go over to John 2 and look at this story where Jesus is an adult. He's already been baptized. He's already called his first few disciples. And look how he responds to Mary in John 2. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Then Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone who brings out, the choice, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. This is awesome. But I'm wondering, why did Mary say to the servants do whatever he tells you, right after she nudges him, like, they're out of wine. And Jesus is like, my time has not yet come. Like, it is n- I am not supposed to do a miracle right now. That's how he responds. He's 30 years old, okay? Like, he's not, you know, Mary doesn't even, res- like, directly respond to Jesus in that rebuttal. Mary turns to the servant and says, do whatever he tells you. Why did she say that unless she knew that Jesus was going to say something? Without even using words, Mary knew that Jesus was going to comply with her nudging request, even though she was in the wrong, even though he wasn't intending to start his ministry yet. And how did she know that he would respond this way? It's like, well, she had walked with Jesus for three decades now. She had mothered the most humble child in human history— who is now the most humble adult in history. Jesus, the invisible one, the uncreated God, the first and the last, he would submit to her. Not because she earned it, not because her mothering was perfect, not because she was right, not because she tricked or manipulated him into obedience. He would submit to her because he loved her. His humility towards her was an expression of his love and humility before his Father in heaven. Could Mary have imagined such a thing when she was visited by the angel Gabriel? Can you guys imagine the most important person you can think of coming to you to serve you, to care, caring more about you than they care about themselves? Serving you with no strings attached. Band, you guys can come on up. It would be hard to imagine And even if it happened, what you would feel is like, it's fake. Like, how long until you go back to being important, you know? Like, how long would you have to be served before you would start to realize that this person really means it? Eventually, you'd start to feel guilty. Like, seriously, go do the important things you're supposed to do, you know? Like, at what point does it hit, you know, like, this is a true, pure humility. This is a real love. They, they are prioritizing me above themselves. You won't see it in the world, but we do see it in Jesus. He came to earth because he loves us, and he loves us because he's filled with the presence and love of his Father. He really is that important. The Jesus we read about in Colossians 1, he is that big. But he really does come to you seeking to serve you, not to be served. He is not like us. He's in a league of his own. And yet he is not like us because in all of his importance, he thinks less about himself than we think about ourselves. And today we get to respond to his humility. We get to worship him. We get to thank him. We get to be in awe of this, this, purity, this amazing God that we serve. I want to read Philippians 2 for us. It says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The humility of Jesus knows no limits. It wasn't only in his submission to Mary, he humbled himself even to the point of death, Even death on a cross, which was a death reserved for disgraceful, shameful sinners. And even that excruciating humiliation was not too low for Jesus. It was not outside of where his humility would go. He even refused to defend himself before the crowd and before Pontius. How could Mary have ever imagined a humility like this? We've never seen anything like it. And so this is what Jesus did, being the most important human being who ever walked the earth. Let us not be too important. As Philippians 2 said, let's have the same attitude of Christ Jesus. Let's take on the nature of a servant. Let's go low before him and lift him up, acknowledging just the glory and, and the beauty of the example of humility that he gives us you ready to do that this morning? Jesus came to earth as a baby. Let's stand up and I'll pray. Jesus, I just thank you for you hum- for your humility. And God, we just declare that it is a pure humility. It is a holy humility. God, it is foreign to us and. In our real lives, we cannot imagine any other relationship like it. We can't even fathom what it would be like to experience so rich of a humility. And so, Lord, we just come before you, we bow before you, and we give you our hearts this morning. God, we lift you up. You're not like us. You're so greater. You're so much greater. And so we worship you this morning. Would you have our hearts in Jesus' name? Amen.